Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu anna إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولًا سديدًا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم 
وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters during his reign as the Khalifa of the Ummah Sayyiduna Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was sitting with a group of his companions and he told them tamannaw make a wish and that was a very interesting request for Sayyiduna Umar to put forward make a wish and one of them said I wish that I had as much gold as would fill this whole house so that I can spend it fi sabirillah in the path of Allah. Then Sayyidina Umar said again, Tabanna, make a wish. And someone said, I wish that this house was full of jewels and pearls so that I could spend it all in jihad fi sabirillah and sadaqah in charity. And then Sayyidina Umar said a third time, Tamanna, make a wish. And they said, Ya Amir al-Mu'minin, we don't know what to say after this. Then Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said, I wish that this house was full of men like Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah and Mu'adh ibn Jabal and Salim the Mawla of Abu Hudayfa, in order to use them to spread the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what I wished. Dear brothers and sisters, we see from this narration that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu wished to have high caliber men. And he preferred to have high caliber men over lots of gold and silver. And this teaches us that a true leader looks for those with golden qualities and prefers those with golden qualities over mere gold. And that is because Sayyidina Umar anhu was educated directly by the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who taught him and by extension all of us that the greatest commodity is not gold. The greatest commodity is not silver. The greatest commodity is realized people. Realized people with high moral qualities and lofty character. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu also learned from his beloved sallallahu alayhi wasallam that everyone is not the same that we are diverse, not only in our languages and ethnicities and cultures, but we are also diverse in our skills, in our talents, our personalities, our temperaments, the way we are as people. For the Prophet wasallam says in the hadith, النَّاسُ مَعَادٍ كَمَعَادٍ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ he says that people are like mines, like mines of gold and silver. فَخِيَارُهُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ خِيَارُهُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ إِذَا فَقُهُمْ 
the best of them in the Jahiliyyah, the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, will be the best of them in Islam when they gain a deep understanding of the religion. So here the Prophet is teaching us that some people are like gold, some people are like silver, some are like brass, some are like copper, and indeed some are like coal. And everyone has their own unique personality and talents and struggles. But the beauty of Islam is that we are not fatalist. We don't believe that we're condemned to whatever our nature tends to be or the direction we tend to lean towards. We believe that the human character can be developed, it can be strengthened, it can be refined. And that is why we have in Islam a kind of spiritual alchemy where we turn the base metals into pure gold. And that is through the process that we call تَهْذِيب akhlaq, or the refinement of character. If a person is from a coal mine, in terms of their character, then they're going to have to put in the work to refine themselves. And if they tread the path of Rasulullah wasallam, they will transmute their character to gold. Indeed, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, He says, Indeed, I was only sent to complete the noble qualities of character. Akhlaq, good character, was something of tremendous and frequent emphasis by Rasulullah. What he calls us to as an ummah is not a temporary burst of religious zealotry, a temporary burst of devotion, a temporary burst of energy where we do a lot of salat, a lot of fasting, a lot of sadaqah, a lot of dhikr, only to fizzle out and being far removed from real substantive character development. Indeed, he told us that nothing weighs heavier on the scale of good deeds on the Day of Judgment, than good character. That is how important it is. We know how important it is. We recognize it, and we hear reminders about it all the time. And we all have a basic knowledge of what good character consists of. That means we have to ask ourselves, how do we actually develop that character within us? And where do we begin? You may ask yourself, I know all about this good character, the importance of good character for me as a Muslim, but there are so many qualities of character. There are so many qualities of good character that we should be working on and developing within ourselves. So, where do we start? We can't take them all at once. If we have dozens of good qualities of character to develop as Muslims, where do we begin? This is a very important question. And it is my firm belief that there is a starting point. That when a person recognizes the importance of developing akhlaq and they want to develop their, their character, there is a starting point. 
And that starting point, when it's developed, becomes, as it were, the engine or the catalyst to developing all of the other characteristics. And that foundation, that starting point, dear brothers and sisters, is having dignity, honor, self-respect, having a sense of honor, where a person values themselves, when where a person despises anything that is lowly, that is humiliating, that is degenerate or decadent or corrupt. They have a self-respect where they are averse to all of those qualities that surround them in the society. When they have that self-honor, that self-respect, it is easy for them to develop the other good qualities of character. But if a person is lacking in self-respect, if they enjoy wallowing in self-humiliation and in degeneracy and ugliness, then where will they have the impetus and drive to acquire the beautiful qualities of character that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to enhance and perfect? A person cannot be lacking in self-respect if they want to develop themselves. The Prophet ﷺ has taught us to have this self-respect and dignity. And he taught us that self-respect entails respecting and caring for our bodies and our minds and most importantly our souls. And he taught us to recognize the important position we occupy as Bani Adam, as the children of Adam alayhi salam. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given human beings unique qualities that set them apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. And Allah ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا Bani Adam." We have most certainly ennobled the children of Adam. Karamna Bani Adam, ennobled and honored. And here Allah Ta'ala does not specify one group. He says, Walaqad Karamna Bani Adam. All of the children of Adam are ennobled. All of the children of Adam are honored. All human beings, therefore, have an intrinsic honor, an intrinsic dignity. So if human beings are stripped of dignity, it's either because they are humiliated by other people or because they have humiliated themselves. Otherwise, human beings have intrinsic dignity. And because we have this intrinsic dignity as human beings, if we humiliate ourselves by immoral behavior or evil, we can still reclaim that dignity and honor. Because the door of tawbah is open until the very last moments of our life. And the door to regaining self-dignity and honor remains open. The Prophet ﷺ stressed the importance of this. For he says ﷺ in a hadith, لا ينبغي لمؤمن أن يذل نفسه in a long hadith, a part of it, he said, It does not behoove a believer to humiliate himself. 
لَيَنْبَغِي It does not behoove him. It is not fitting that a believer should humiliate himself. It is not appropriate that a believer should humiliate himself. So self-humiliation is doing something, or saying something, or putting oneself in a position that is dishonorable. It is also to do and say things that are lowly, that cause one to lose esteem in the eyes of upright and noble people. Min ahlil fadl. That is what self-humiliation is. So the person who is lacking in this self-respect, lacking in this honor, man or woman, this person tends to be a gossiper. A gossiper is a person who lacks self-respect. Because the gossiper goes between people, spreading private business of others, going back and forth with the drama and excitement of this one and that one, as if life is a soap opera. And this is also found in the one who's nosy, who eavesdrops and pries into people's personal lives. A Muslim with self-respect avoids all of this. The person lacking in self-respect and dignity also tends to lack precision. They lack precision. Because when they share information with others, that person lacking self-respect and dignity, they tend to inflate, they tend to exaggerate whatever they're passing along. If someone tells them that so-and-so lost their job, then that's all they know. They'll share that information with others, but they add in all of these juicy, salacious details, and they create this inflative narrative. They inflate the narrative, and they are prone to exaggerate things and make things bigger than they really are. Only to be embarrassed later on when people learn that the inflated details were just that, inflated and not factual. The person who is lacking in this self-respect and dignity often doesn't verify the information that comes to him or her. If they receive information about this person or that person or this happening or that happening, they take that information and they run with it, sharing it with this one and sharing it with that one, even if it might be untrue. But this is exact, exactly opposite of what Allah Ta'ala commands us to do. In Surah Al-Hujurat, Allah addresses us with the address of Iman, saying, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, O you who believe, إِذَا جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقُمْ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا If a corrupt person comes to you with news, you must verify it. أَن تُصِيبُ قَوْمًا بِجَهَالًا Lest you harm other people out of your own ignorance and insolence. فَتُصْبِحُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ نَادِمِينَ And you become remorseful and regretful over what you did. The person lacking self-dignity and honor runs with all the news they get without even knowing if it's true or false. Contrary to the person of honor, of dignity, they verify it before they share it, before they convey it to others. 
That is the way of the people of self-honor. Likewise, dear brothers and sisters, the person who is lacking in self-respect and honor will often engage in behaviors that are or that appear very suspicious. They cause others to think the worst of them through sneaky behaviors, even if those behaviors are not haram in and of themselves. Now, we're not responsible for what other people think of us. We're not responsible for what a person thinks about us. However, by the same token, we should not give people reasons to think badly about us. We should not make it easy for people to think badly about us through behavior that appears suspicious or questionable. Where do we get this from? We get this from the teaching of the Prophet wasallam. For it is narrated that one night, our beloved Prophet wasallam went out with one of his wives, and they're walking through the streets of Medina. Now obviously his wife is veiled. And as they were walking through the night in the streets of Medina, the Prophet ﷺ walked past a couple of the companions who were out quite late that night. And as he walked past them, he said to them, This is my wife. Now would those companions ever for a split second entertain a doubt about the Prophet ﷺ and what he's doing at night and who he's with? Of course not. And that's why the Sahaba, when they heard this, they said, Ya Rasulullah, we would never hold you in any suspicion, ever. And then the Prophet ﷺ told them that the reason he said this is his wife is because he did not want shaitan to come in between them and plant ideas and doubts within them. So what he's doing is absolutely permissible. In fact, it's praiseworthy. He had no obligation to justify himself doing this activity. But he wanted to teach them that you want to make things clear for people so they don't fall into suspicion. So you avoid mawaltin shubha. You avoid situations or places or people or scenarios where people may have doubt in what you're doing. Or if you're in a situation, you clarify so that you avoid becoming the product of people's uh, hearts and minds wondering about what you're doing, succumbing to the whispers of shaitan. Understand, dear brothers and sisters, that this self-respect, this dignity and honor that we speak of, it means that we believe in the depths of our heart that Allah Ta'ala has honored us as human beings. And that you, as a human being, as a son or daughter of Adam, you are worthy of respecting yourself. And you are worthy of being treated with respect and dignity by others. So when we have self-respect, we will hold ourselves to a higher standard of behavior. When we have this self-respect and dignity, we will create healthy boundaries for ourselves. When we have this healthy self-respect, we will pay attention to how our self-honor is affected by our words and actions. And we will try to avoid situations that are undignified. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to create within us a deep awareness of our intrinsic value as 
the children of Adam and to create within us this sense of self-respect, whether we call it self-respect, dignity, honor, whatever you want to call this quality that is the key and the catalyst for seeking the higher qualities of character and the key for getting out of lowly and unbecoming character. May Allah Ta'ala refine our character and may Allah Ta'ala put our character in line with the best character of the best of humanity, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Alaihi Wasallam, and turn us away from lowly character in things that demean us. Ameen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان المتلازمان على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade us as we mentioned in the first khutbah from humiliating ourselves from demeaning ourselves. It is not fitting, it is not appropriate, it does not behoove the believer to humiliate himself. So what then are some of the signs that we are lacking in self-respect? We spoke about the actions of those who lack self-respect. But what are some of the signs, some of the other signs that a person needs to build up their sense of honor and dignity? Among these signs, the person who is lacking in self-respect will often overly rely on the praise and approval of others. They seek the praise and approval of others and will often do things for negative attention just to get that praise and approval from others. They will sacrifice their self-dignity, they will sacrifice their sense of honor, or they will just go along with the behaviors of others around them that are bad, that are harmful, just because they don't want to make anyone angry and they want to be seen as good in their eyes. The person of self-respect only wants to fit in with Ahlul Fadl, they want to fit in with the people who have truly inculcated Akhlaqul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The person of self-dignity and honor does not want to fit in with Ahlul Radila wal Fasad, people of corruption and immorality. A sign that a person is lacking in self-respect and dignity is that they take their morality, their sense of right and wrong from the crowd as if morality is subjected to a democratic vote. And if the majority vote that this thing is good, then they go along with it, it's good. And if they vote that it's bad, then it's bad, and they go along with it, regardless of whether that thing is truly bad or truly good or not. This person will toss aside their convictions just because they don't want others to voice their disagreements with them. 
The Prophet ﷺ tells us in a hadith recorded by Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi in his Sunan, he addresses the Sahaba and says, لَا تَكُونُوا In a long hadith, he mentions these kinds of people. And there's no easy word in English for imma'a. But basically, the imma'a, he says, don't be the imma'a. The imma'a are what people call today the NPCs, the non-player characters in a video game. They just follow the crowd. They follow every current thing, every popular narrative, everything that is in vogue in society and in the media without using their own minds, without using their own intellect that God gave them, without looking at what is being called to and seeing if it is pleasing to Allah or not. But the person with self-respect is not imma'a. But the person lacking that self-respect will take their morality from the crowd. They're going to follow what others feel is good. They follow the crowd and what they feel is nice or progressive or enlightened. And they will water down or they will minimize, if not outright deny the truth just to get along with the crowd. But the one who has self-honor, dignity, respect for himself or herself, they look for truth and they affirm truth because it is truth, even if it goes against the popular narrative. Dear brothers and sisters, this is what the person of high self-respect does. They look to the truth. Whoever is saying it, if it's truth, it's truth. If it's false, it's false. That is the person of dignity and honor. Now maybe in hearing about this quality of self-respect, dignity, self-honor, maybe you're thinking to yourself, this self-respect, it sounds a lot like arrogance and pride. But isn't arrogance haram? And the answer is that Allah Ta'ala forbids kibr. He forget, forbids arrogance. He forbids conceit, ujub, but he honor he he orders us to have self-honor and self-respect. Allah has honored the children of Adam. Allah has honored you. You are Bani Adam. You are the son or daughter of Adam alayhi salam. Allah says he has honored the children of Adam. So act like it. That is what self-respect is. It has nothing to do with arrogance. Self-respect, dignity and honor is about honoring what Allah has declared honorable and noble. The son of Adam, the daughter of Adam. Islam forbids self-humiliation and commands respect. Self-respect is honoring what Allah has honored. So if we are to develop this key character within us, dear brothers and sisters, we have to know what it looks like in our daily life. The person who has self-respect, they respect their boundaries. They respect their boundaries because the Prophet ﷺ taught us to be humble and not to be spineless. He teaches us to be modest and not to be gullible and easily manipulated by others. The person with self-respect will respect their body. They will respect their body because the Prophet ﷺ teaches us that our bodies are an amana, they are a trust from Allah. 
Because our bodies are in a manner from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we cannot destroy them by trashing our health without any care in the world about what we're doing with them. These are the riding mounts to the hereafter. The mati'ah, that mount by which you ride to the hereafter in serving your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us, Al-mu'minun qawi khayrun wa ahabbu ilallahi min al-mu'minun da'if wa fi kullin khayr. The strong believer is better and more beloved in the sight of Allah than the weak believer. And in all of them there is goodness. So the person with self-respect, they respect their body. And a part of respecting your body is also covering it according to the mandates of the divine wisdom of your Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person is showing off their bodies, exposing their aura to those who are not allowed to see that, then they are lacking in self-respect. The truth must be told. Likewise, dear brothers and sisters, the one who cultivate self-respect and honor will respect their environment. And I don't just mean the environment as a whole. I mean the home environment, the office environment, the masjid environment, any place the person is, because they have self-respect, they are not happy to live in squalor or filth. They like to have order. Because the outward is a reflection of the inward, the inward reflects into the outward. So outer disorder reflects inner disorder. Outer chaos reflects inner chaos. The one with self-respect wants to have things clean and orderly and tidy. Likewise, the person with self-respect respects their word, and they respect their time, and they respect the time of others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this self-respect. May Allah ta'ala make that quality within us the catalyst for being better people. May it be the engine behind us developing ourselves now in the month of Sha'aban and going into the month of Ramadan and after the month of Ramadan in Shawwal in all of the months of the year so that we strive to have Al-Akhlaq Al-Muhammadiyya, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah ta'ala to improve our character and to inspire us to uphold this quality of self-respect and honor and to have honor and respect for others. And we ask Him to remove everything that is unbecoming of a believer from our character. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى صلاتكم